What's good, everyone? Welcome inside the Bucks Film Room Podcast, where I'm your host, Brian Sampson. You can find me on Twitter at Bucks Film Room. I write about the Milwaukee Bucks for Forbes Sports. Today, we are going to dive into all things trade-related for the Milwaukee Bucks. I know they've had a couple of games here with Doc Rivers at the helm. I'm going to be honest, these West Coast road trips with the 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock start times are difficult for me. I wake up early in the morning to go hoop, and so it's hard for me to be able to watch those games and then re-watch them to bring back quality uh, takes and feedback to you all. So I'm still working on that. I will release another pod on Friday or Saturday with detailed breakdowns of what I'm seeing from Doc Rivers and the new Milwaukee Bucks. I just didn't want to rush into that process. I wanted to get out a podcast here for you all to listen to since we had such a great week at the pod last week talking about Adrian Griffin and talking about the hiring of Doc Rivers. wanted to keep some of that momentum going. So today I wanted to touch base on the NBA trade deadline, which as I record this is a week from today. It's on Thursday. February 8th, there are a lot of questions surrounding the Milwaukee Bucks. Will they trade for somebody? Will they wait? Who can they realistically get? It's been reported by several outlets that they want to be really aggressive. They want to be super aggressive. They're trying to target somebody somebody in the upper echelon of trade targets. My question is, how? Why? How would that work? They have the 35th-ish pick in the in the next draft so they have the portland trailblazers 2024 second round pick and then they have i believe it's their 2027 second round pick as well those are the only two picks they can move heading into this deadline as far as other assets they have bobby portis they have pat Connaughton. those guys each around nine ish million for salary um marjan bochamp andre jackson jr that's probably the end of the list of guys that they other teams might value so that's really makes it difficult i speculated a long time ago or maybe not a long time ago, a while ago about would milwaukee stand pat at this deadline and then wait until the until draft day in 2024 to make a move because then if they wait then they can flip their 2024 first and the 2024 second for for a bigger piece that may be a tough pill to swallow considering they're in win now mode. Can they really wait a season, but they, uh, they would be able to get back an objectively better player if they wait until draft day in 2024, when then they can flip that 2024 first round pick. I don't know. Only way to wait. Only way that we'll find out is just to wait and see what happens. Again, we have one week from today is the draft or is the draft is the trade deadline. So today we're going to touch base on kind of a ranking. I touch, I, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about multiple trade candidates. And so we're going to kind of go back and look through some of them and really just start. This is going to be the Milwaukee Bucks trade board for 2024 version one. We'll release a version two, maybe at the beginning of next week with any new information and changes. I, we're going to talk about, we're going to rank their on-court fit, uh, salary matching fit, because that's important, and the chances the Bucks make a trade. So we're going to give a scale of 1 to 10 for each of those. Again, that's going to be the on-court fit. We're going to be a salary matching fit, and it's going to be chances the Bucks make a trade. So 1 is impossible. Not going to happen. I should say 0 is impossible. 1 is very unlikely. It would take a miracle to make that happen. 10 is great fit. 
very likely something can happen. Salary matching, it's it's very possible, all of that. So we're going to go through each of those players uh, that I think is a real, maybe, maybe not realistic, but that the Bucks have been talked about or that has been discussed on Twitter um, that we've dreamed about. So let's just start at the very top of our list with Alex Caruso. On-court fit, 10. I think amazing fit. He would be pie in the sky. The Bucks championship aspirations, their championship, the realistic goals of them winning a championship this year would, would skyrocket by acquiring Alex Caruso. His on-the-court fit is a 10. It's perfect. Plug him in right there for Beasley. Move Beasley to the bench. All of a sudden, you have a guard who can guard multiple positions, handle any of the toughest assignments on the perimeter in the postseason, and it fixes or addresses a lot of those bench issues when it comes to scoring. Perfect fit. Salary matching fit, perfect. Easily, you don't need to do any real, any gymnastics. You don't need to make anything tough. It just comes down to salary matching fit, perfect. The chances to make that the Bucks make the trade with Caruso, one. The Bulls reportedly want multiple first-round picks for him. Bucks don't even have one. So on-court fit, 10. Salary matching fit, 10. Chances the Bucks make a trade is one because the Bulls are an incompetent franchise. What are they doing? Like they might trade Levine for picks, but then want to hold on to Caruso for that just doesn't make sense. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know which way they're going. They're going both ways. It's, it's tough. That, that franchise is tough. I guess they're fine fighting for a play in spot every year and holding on to Alex Caruso. Next up, we have DeJounte Murray um, on court fit. I have as being a seven, I brought him down a few notches because and maybe it's a six. He, in theory, on paper, looks great, can, can plug in next to Dame, can guard those tough assignments. But he has not been willing to give up that ball as, as much in Atlanta to Trey Young. So he hasn't been giving that up to Trey Young, hasn't been willing to play second fiddle. Would, would he come into Milwaukee and be their fourth fiddle? That, that just seems unlikely. So I have him as a seven. Maybe we'd even bump it down to a six. But in theory, he could work really well. Salary matching fit, I have as a seven. You'd have to compile a, a couple of different salaries, but I think that would be doable. Chances the Bucks make a trade, again, a one. I just don't see. So the Bucks come in with kind of just a plethora of like Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, whatever they have to do. They compile their um, trade assets and then throw in even both of their second round picks. I just have a hard time thinking the Atlanta Hawks can't beat that. There's nobody out there who can't beat a couple of throw-in pieces and two second-round draft picks. like that, that just seems unrealistic to me. But again, that would be a great acquisition uh, for the Bucks. Number three on our list, I have Quentin Grimes. On court fit, I think he would be great. He's not going to have the immediate impact that Caruso and Murray have, um, but he would be... The Bucks would be able to work him in, hopefully. Hopefully, Doc Rivers would play him. Grimes has shown he can be that 3-and-D player that the Bucks need on the wing. He would also represent really a great acquisition for the future, a young guy who can play now and can grow into his role. Great fit on the court. Salary matching fit, that would, wouldn't be an issue at all. Bucks would be able to make that work. I have that as a 10. Chances of Bucks make a trade? I have this as a 3 the Knicks, I mean, he's out of the rotation in New York. It seems like he's soured on, on on Tom Thibodeau there. So maybe they're willing to move him. I don't know that they would willingly give him up to Milwaukee because the Knicks have been playing hot. Guys, we got to watch out for New York. They've been playing very well. They're they're coming after the Bucks in those standings. Um, would they really give Milwaukee 
Grimes straight up, does Milwaukee have anything they want? Maybe it's, I think it'd be more realistic to be part of a three-team deal. If New York's making a bigger deal somewhere else, trying to acquire another big player, then they could reroute Grimes. So keep an eye on there. Number four, Bruce Brown. Ever since he got traded to the Toronto Raptors, it's been rumored that he could be on the move um, somewhere. He said he's fine there. We'll see. His on-the-court fit I have at a seven. He would be nice. He has a championship pedigree. He understands what it takes, does the little things. Does he do enough floor spacing? Not sure. He can play a little bit of backup point guard, can can defend, can rebound, can do those little things. Salary matching fit would be a lot more difficult for Bruce Brown. The Bucks would have to get creative. I have that as a three. And because of that salary matching fit, the chances the Bucks make a trade I have added two. Just a reminder, one is at the very bottom, unrealistic, unlikely, doesn't fit, doesn't work. Ten is, yep, great, amazing, home run, perfect. So I have Bruce Brown as a two. So now, now number five is Bogdan Bogdanovich. I just added him in here. Uh, because of the Bucks' past connections to both Bogdan and Boyan Bogdanovich. I have them here, right here at five and six just because of Bucks' past connections to them. Last year, they were rumored. Um, I mean, it's it's been several years with each of these players. So that's something that um, I've really just been keeping an eye on. I added them to the list just because of those past connections to Milwaukee, not because of somebody that I would advocate Milwaukee trading for. So we have Bogdan here at five. We know Milwaukee tried to acquire him a couple of years ago that it, it didn't work out. I think his on the court fit would be, I have him as like a six and a half, a seven ish. He'd be great off the bench. Doesn't provide that defensive pop Milwaukee needs, but could be a great scorer in the second unit. Salary matching fit isn't, isn't great. I have that as a four. And because of that, Milwaukee would really have to do some uh, maneuvering to make a deal work. Chances of Bucks make that trade I have as a two. Boyan Bogdanovich with the Detroit Pistons. His on the court fit is six. He's a, he's older, which would be worrisome. Um, he's a little bit craftier on defense just because he has a little bit more size than Bogdan. Uh, offensively, he would be another good distributor, another good playmaker that could help stabilize the second unit, could run run him with a lot of those bench units. His salary matching fit is even worse than Bogdan. I have Boyan's as a three. Therefore, chances the Bucks make a trade as a two. Daniel Gafford. I want to spend a little bit of time on him. He, Washington, it seems like they are... Um, and in a fire sale mode, would they give up Daniel Gafford? He's only 25 years old. And I think this would be a great addition for Milwaukee. It's somebody that kind of just recently stumbled on as a trade candidate and somebody that I immediately, maybe I should have him higher. He's a starting caliber center. He would start on most teams in the NFL or in the NFL, in the NBA. Uh, he is a very good defensive center, good rebounder, good rim runner. He really runs the floor. He could help get out there and run in transition alongside Giannis, alongside Dame. Great job in the pick and roll, setting those screens. He does not provide floor spacing, which would be which brings him down. I have his on-court fit as a six. But that would really be his only flaw. In, in this move, you'd reroute Bobby Portis somewhere else because you wouldn't need Gafford and Bobby Portis on the roster. But Gafford, you acquire him. He could he could spell Brooke Lopez. He could play alongside Giannis. Would I think he could also be 
a long-term replacement for Brooke Lopez. Lopez has, what, that two-year deal. Gafford is only 25. That means he could take over as that starter uh, in Milwaukee in, in a couple of years. So I think this would be a great move to both help them win now, but also balance for long-term planning. He does not have this huge contract. Bucks could make this deal work. I actually think his, his contract is descending here in the next couple of years. So this is a guy I have circled that. I think would be a home run trade candidate for Milwaukee if they somehow were able to do it because of both his ability to help immediately. He could help stabilize the defense a little bit, especially with that second unit, but also give the Bucks a long-term um, player to work with. You know, they still have to retool after this uh, Giannis or after this Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton wave Gafford would give them somebody to fill that Brooke Lopez role. Could you give him a few years to work on his three point shot? I don't know. Uh, um, that would just be something to keep an eye on. So I have da Daniel Gafford there at seven. Number eight here. I have old friend Malcolm Brogdon. Ever since he got traded to Portland as part of that Drew Holiday deal, it's been rumored where will he come from or where will, where will he go next? What will that look like? He's talked a lot about uh, he's happy in Portland right now, which fits his MO. Back when the Bucks traded him, you know, there were whispers that he didn't really want to be that fourth option in Milwaukee. He wanted a starting role. He wanted a premier role. And he, and he had that for a year, a couple of years in Indiana. And then when he was traded to Boston, he ironically got – drop back to lower on the pecking order. Now in Portland, he's playing that mentor role to some of their younger guys is higher in the pecking order. He seems to like that. Um, this is not a knock on him, but that seems to be his preference over being on a team with, with winning aspirations or with championship aspirations. His on the court fit, he could fill that role alongside Damian Lillard. He isn't as quick. He, he struggles with quicker guards, but he's more versatile. He can guard several positions. He's strong enough, super intelligent player, high basketball IQ, can space the floor, can do a lot of great things. So his on-court fit, I have it at six or seven. A salary matching fit, that would be a little bit more difficult, which is why um, I have the chances the Bucks make a trade at a two. Salary matching fit is a three. So that would really be a little bit more difficult for Milwaukee to figure out pj washington number nine on court fit he's another sneaky guy with charlotte all of a sudden making moves would they would they move on from pj washington he's buried now suddenly on the depth chart he's a younger player he could play that that four that five backup role that bobby portis certain or that bobby portis plays now uh he's more defensive minded hustle player can shoot a little bit from the outside so i have his on the court fit at as a seven salary matching fit as a four and this is so far is the highest one chances bucks make a trade i have as a four you'll notice as we go through these guys i don't have anybody extremely high on chances bucks make the trade just because there's i have no idea which direction they're gonna go i've they have things have been pretty quiet in milwaukee so it's been hard for me to figure out which direction are they going to go with all that so chances bucks make a trade for pj washington at a four Number 10 on our big board is DeAndre Hunter. I, I think this could be a sneaky good acquisition for Milwaukee, again, depending on what Atlanta is doing. Are they trying to blow it up and retool around uh, Trey Young? If so, Hunter would be a great defensive-minded wing. He can score. On the court fit, I have it as a 7. He'd give the Bucks a, a lot, some pretty good size there in their backcourt. He could start alongside or in between Middleton and Damian Lillard. Salary matching fit would be tough for the Bucks. So I have that as a four. 
chances Bucks make a trade as a three because of that salary matching fit. Next, this one might be a little bit um, next to actually. So I have Andrew Wiggins right here at number 10 on our list. I just think it changes scenery. I know he's having an awful season, having a very down season, but he's not that far removed from being a key cog in a championship team. And that role would look very similar to what he played with the Warriors a couple of years ago when they won the finals to what he'd have to play in Milwaukee, be a defensive stopper, keep the ball moving on offense. So it's on the court fit. Theoretically, I mean, they would not be trading for this version of Wiggins. They would need a different version of Wiggins. Be a great fit. I have that as, have that as a six. Where the issues are, that comes into salary matching. Uh, I have that as a two. The Bucks would really have to get creative. I don't think that they should or would trade Middleton or Lopez for Andrew Wiggins. So that salary matching fit really makes it difficult, which then drives down chances the Bucks make a trade I have as a one. Um, great theory, but just salary would be too difficult, I think, to overcome there. Number 11, I have Kelly Olenek. His on-the-court fit, he could play, again, as a backup, 5-4. He's not known for his defensive chops. Is a little bit better defensively, I would say, than Bobby Portis, but not so, not something you can rely on. Better floor spacer, uh, knows his knows his role with that. So on-court fit, I have as a 4. Salary matching fit is a, is a little bit challenging. Have that as a four. Chances of Bucks make a trade as a two. You never know what John Horse is going to do. Uh, you never know what the Utah Jazz are going to do, what that will look like. But um, I think if Kelly Olynyk was the only deal the Bucks made, Bucks fans would be pretty underwhelmed at the deadline. Next up, I have Jay Sean Tate, which I think is another dark horse or favorite of mine uh, in in Houston. He's fallen out of favor there, and he's somebody who would be very defensive minded, lacks shooting, but hustles, plays hard on defense, is versatile. He can really play maybe your, your three, your four, maybe some five. Um, you would really want to be cognizant of how you're using him with Giannis, he would definitely not be able to share the floor. You wouldn't be able to run Ajax, Giannis, and Tate on the floor at one time. There just would not be enough spacing. But could he could he come in and fill, fill a void defensively for the Bucs? So on the court fit, I have as a six. Salary matching fit, that wouldn't be an issue. I have that as an eight. Chances Bucks make a trade? I have a five. I mean, I, I think Houston's motivated. They want to improve their roster. Would they look for like would the Bucks be able to entice them with a veteran, with Bobby Portis, with somebody like that, Pat Connaughton? Who knows? They want to win now, so we'll see how that all goes. Next up at number 13, I have Royce O'Neal. Um on court fit. I think he'd be nice on court fit. Seven, give the Bucks a, a defensive-minded guard slash wing slash forward. Salary matching fit wouldn't be an issue. That would be a nine. So those two are high, but I have the Bucks' chances that they make a trade only at a three because it doesn't seem like Brooklyn Nets are motivated to move at all. It seems like they're okay with where they're at, which, so I have Royce O'Neal at 13. We're going to skip 14. We're going to go to 15, which is Dorian Finney-Smith. Again, I think he'd be a nice acquisition. If the Bucks traded for Dorian Finney-Smith, it would signal that Doc Rivers wants to use Giannis at the five more often. Dorian Finney-Smith would be a great small ball four next to him. Rivers talked a little bit on Monday after the game about wanting to use Giannis at the five against the Denver Nuggets. But when Giannis picked up his fourth foul, that kind of threw off that plan. So I, I think that could be in the cards a lot more here moving forward. So Dorian Finney-Smith, I have him at 15. Let's just jump back here to number 14, Matisse Thibel. I think this would be a great fit, actually. One of my favorite candidates. 
Um, unfortunately, it's more unlikely that the Bucks will make a move for him now that they have Doc Rivers because Doc Rivers and Thibel have some history there that probably doesn't favor Thibel. Ended up with him not playing as much as he wanted, getting traded, all of that. But on the court fit, he doesn't bring as much shooting as he theoretically would like. Is not going to be a scorer, but can shut down anyone. I mean, you can put him on any of those Celtics wings. You can have him guard Maxi. You can have him guard a lot of different types of players. Jimmy Butler, he has great length, great anticipation, great off-ball defender, um, great helper in that way. So on the court fit would be a seven. Salary matching fit wouldn't be an issue. That's a seven. Chances the Bucks make a trade is a two just because of that history and Thibel has a no trade clause so he can veto a trade to any organization or, or or wherever he wants we are more than halfway done now so we got red number 16 we're going to go to i believe 28 um and these i think is really where it starts to get into players i found in two categories underwhelming from a fan's perspective but probably the more realistic trade candidates that the Bucks can acquire given their current situation with their assets. So that's, it's important for us to go through these. These are not the guys that um, fans are clamoring for that they're taking to Twitter for, but still guys that could move the needle a little bit for Milwaukee and couldn't these, these smaller tweaks along with some scheme adjustments, things like that could start to add up. DeLon Wright, he's at number 16 kicks off kind of this tier of players His on the court fit numbers i have him as a seven he's probably one of the most underrated on ball defenders in the nba when he's healthy when he's been healthy he's an elite shutdown defender with good size he could back up damian lillard damian lillard he could also play alongside him guard multiple positions got good enough size to do that on court fit would be great at a seven salary matching fit would not be would not be tough either eight that's easy to do and so he's actually the, the the highest rated player for chances Bucks make a trade. And I have him way up at a five because of Washington's willingness to move players right now. His price tag shouldn't be that high and the salary matching fit should be workable as well. Alec Burks uh, is another player whose name has come up often in trade scenarios. He would be more, he'd fill more of that scoring void off the bench for Milwaukee and not the defensive void. Um, so I have his on the court fit at being six, um, maybe a little bit better defender than Beasley, but really not somebody that you can that you can hang your hat on there. Salary matching fit wouldn't be an issue. That's an eight. Chances of Bucks to make a trade would be a three. Pistons, uh, they are trying to make moves, trying to improve. So maybe that's somebody you can convince that they need a veteran like Pat Connaughton or Bobby Portis. I don't know. Who knows what's going on in Detroit? That's another one. Keep an eye on. Next, I have Kalen Horton Tucker. And he is somebody who is an intriguing player. He's a different type of player. He's fallen out of the rotation in Utah, so he theoretically could be had. He's really kind of like a bully point guard slash wing slash forward. So that fit would be a little bit weird. Again, he's not somebody you could probably play with Andre Jackson Jr., but he's way more polished, uh, acts like a bowling ball out there, uh, can be a good, strong defender. On the court fit I have is a five. Salary matching fit Milwaukee would have to work some things out. Have that as a five. Chances Bucks make a trade. Have that as a two. Just he just seems like an odd player. Davion Mitchell, number 19. On the court fit is a five. He's a defensive menace in the same mold of Javon Carter, who will be coming up here soon. Um his defense, elite on-ball defense, but it says something that he has not been able to get on the court in Sacramento this year. Despite his elite defense, his offense is just horrible. That would be interesting to see. Could Milwaukee 
handle that. And because really what they have their eye on is acquiring a player who can be impactful in the postseason. And Davian Mitchell might be a great player for the regular season, but you know they're he's just going to get ignored on offense in the playoffs. So how would that work? Salary matching fit is a nine. Not an issue at all. I have chances the Bucks make a trade as a four just because he might be an intriguing player to keep an eye on. KJ Martin, he's another guy that um, is is a sneaky dark horse. I think his on the court fit as a five. He's he's in Philadelphia. Um, he'd be that backup four five for Milwaukee if they wanted to go small with Giannis, and he could also play alongside Brooke as well. Salary matching fit ten. Not not a big deal there. Chances Bucks make a trade a three. Maybe I'd bump that down to a two. I don't know that Philly would help Milwaukee out and send him KJ Martin, even though he's buried on their bench. Lonnie Walker four. Next up on court fit is a five. He could be. I mean, he's kind of an. He's not very. He's not a very inspiring player. But salary matching fit would be right there at a ten. Chances the Bucks make a trade three. Who knows what the Nets are doing? Old friend Wesley Matthews. He's in Atlanta. He'd be great. His effort and energy level that he brought to the team last year on the court fit would be a seven. He still shoots okay enough. Salary matching fit, that's not a big deal. Wouldn't Milwaukee, though? The thing that I the question that I have with both Wes Matthews and Javon Carter, who's coming up here, is wouldn't Milwaukee really, you know, if they really wanted these players, they would have signed them in the offseason and not let them walk. Would they really now give up an asset to reacquire them? Matthews is only playing 11 minutes a game. This year, his shooting has really fallen off a cliff. So, would they really give in, give um, give the Hawks in this case a, tra- a trade asset to reacquire him? He might be more somebody who we'll keep an eye on as for the buyout market when we move forward. Tory Craig, another old friend, great. De- I wouldn't say great so much anymore. I think his reputation precedes him, but he's a above average defender who works hard, lacks shooting. So, I have his on the court fit as a five. Salary salary matching fit, not a big deal. Ten uh, chances Bucks make a trade. I, I would put that as a two and a half, maybe. Next up, we have Chris Dunn, who great, another great defensive guard, uh, another guy who struggles with shooting. That's kind of a, a theme here. Is you'll be able to tell that these guys are, you know, obviously they're not perfect, but that's why they're gettable. That's why they're at the bottom of our list. We're at 28, 27, Chris Dunn is twenty fifth on our list. Mark that down so I don't forget. Um, sorry, matching fit 10. Chances Bucks make a trade two and a half-ish. Javon Carter on the court. I mean, we know he can he can go out there. He's a little bit on the smaller side. He's been out of the playoff rotation in Milwaukee under Budenholzer the last couple of years. Would they really have let him walk? They could have easily matched that deal that Chicago signed him to. So would they really have let him walk and then give out their limited, very limited trade assets to require him? That's where I'm very cautious or pessimistic i should say about javon carter uh salary matching fit wouldn't be a big deal of that is an eight and for the reasons just talked about chances that he makes it or that the bucks make a trade for him at a two dennis smith jr we're really getting down here now on the court fit four salary matching fit 10 chances bucks make a trade two justin holiday i mean bucks already have two sets of brothers they almost had or they just had drew holiday last year Justin Holiday on the court fit as a five salary matching fit 10. That'd be easy. He's a defensive guy who can guard two positions, maybe two and a half, three positions. Um, chances bucks make a trade would be 10. So again, that is my list just to run through it one more time. 
from starting at number one, going all the way down to number 28. Number one, Alex Caruso. Number two, DeJounte Murray. Number three, Quentin Grimes. Four, Bruce B Brown. Five, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Six, Boyan Bogdanovich. Seven, Daniel Gafford. Eight, Malcolm Brogdon. Nine, P.J. Washington. Ten, DeAndre Hunter. Eleven, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Did I do my math wrong there? Uh, Twelve, Kelly Olynyk. Thirteen, Jay Sean Tate. 14, Royce O'Neal, 15, Matisse Thibel, 16, Dorian Finney-Smith, DeLon Wright is 17, Alec Burks is 18, Taylor Horton-Tucker is 19, Davion Mitchell is 20, KJ Martin is 21, Lonnie Walker is 22, Wes Matthews 23, Torrey Craig 24, Chris Dunn 25, Javon Carter 26, Dennis Smith Jr. 27, and Justin Holliday coming in at 28. So thank you all for tuning in. Again, we have the NBA trade deadline one week from today on Thursday, February 8th. We'll check in a couple more times. I will also drop an episode on either Friday or Saturday, diving into the film. This is the Bucks Film Room podcast, after all, about Doc Rivers and what changes, what subtle changes that he's made so far in the Bucks' first two games. Really appreciate your time. I'll catch you next time.